Hi, keep book club. Wow. So I am comfortable. Who 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 is I'm? I'm is Cameron. Yeah. I I am Cameron. I'm Zeleni. It's our first episode after the Oscars. Oh yes. Oscars week. We had a video come out about us reviewing all the Oscar movie posters, or a lot of them. And that was fun. It is on YouTube. Our channel is Heike Book Club, just like the podcast. So. I don't know if it... I mean, that's been mentioned, but you are a designer. and that's w- Oh, that's why we did posters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of the one thing where we actually had some expertise in more than... A Mo- little more than movies, even though we have a little bit of movie expertise. Yeah, I think we really got into some of the critical language. I certainly learned a thing or two. So if you want to go hear <laughs> Cameron learning something from Zeleni, she's a good teacher, by the way. Aww. She was certainly schooling me on these poster reviews. That's for sure. <laughs> Thank you. I got something on my mind. What? What on earth are we reviewing today? Well, you know, we saw the title. <laughs> oh, <laughs> gosh, I got to get out of here. Okay. So, so I'm really excited about so, this podcast because yeah. I have my cup of joe. My <laughs> coffee is with me and uh, I'm leaning back. I'm really comfortable. Yeah. This is kind of the last major Oscar movie we wanted to talk about that I we think were so. very interested in in talking about. Yeah. We had seen this movie way back when, but we didn't have the podcast yet. So that's why we didn't book club it then and so now we we had to make time to rewatch it, which Yeah, wow. We saw this movie back in Fair. was it May? April, April. We yeah. yeah, wow. Yep. So we saw this back in April of 2017. It was the Oscars and Get Out won yes. for Best Original Screenplay in a historic win. Best Original, yep. First African American winner in that category. No way. Yeah. Get Out. You knew that, right? I actually did not. You didn't? They said it. <laughs> Jordan Peele, who was the writer, director, co-producer of the movie. So it was really his his project. And he's been writing this for like 10 years. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, didn't realize. And apparently, so we're getting right into no some say. of the research, but uh, he kind of really wrote it back in Obama's first term. He, we weren't ready. He, Yeah, exactly. He, he was like, it was mainly just for him because at that time, it, things were kind of optimistic and racism was a lot more hidden and under the radar. Mm. So like maybe it didn't need to be challenged. It wasn't re- well, the, it wasn't the time for it. It needed, but we didn't know yet. And okay, okay. So he was writing it, but it was just for him because he didn't think anyone he didn't think he would make it. It was just kind of for him to like develop his writing, his skills. More of a passion project, not sure where it was going. He developed it seems like some good skills out of it though. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, he, I mean obviously so he went on to Key and Peel. Did he I don't go on from that. I, like, oh, that if, his... if he had started it though ten years ago, because I don't think Ian Peel is ten years old. Oh well, maybe just the concept started like ten years ago. Mm-hmm. The writing was a little after. I don't okay. know though. When was Obama's first term? Two thousand eight. Yes. Okay. So. I mean, yeah, I guess. It's I mean, like technically 10 years. not his. Like that. That was when he was elected, but it wasn't right. until November. 
right? So it hasn't technically been 10 years. Like he started well, office it, in 2009. It is close to 10 years though. So it's just a long time. But yeah, I mean, this is also his direct- directorial debut, which is another major layer to like being nominated for five, four, five Oscars and, and your directorial re- debut when you wrote and directed Ow, oh for sure was he also d- uh, nominated for best director yeah wow he was nominated that's really cool best pi- there, get out was nominated for best picture best director and best original screenplay and best actor for oh Daniel fantastic but he didn't get it no it was and mm. but i'm glad he got the nomination because the, that performance was riveting just on a side note, I love the sound editing. Yeah, well, well, I mean, we'll talk about it. So this is a horror movie, and I think you were pointing out, and I agree that the most horror parts of it, like traditionally horror, are the the music and the sound. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. I mean, but that that also being said, it it, it I you could say well, I'm certainly not an es- expert on horror. I haven't seen that many horrors in my life, mm-hmm. so I only have a handful of selections to guide my thinking but from what i've seen it seems that these sound effects are what so they had these sound effects earlier on but I, sorry i'm getting into spoiler territory yeah yeah I, we'll, we'll, we'll go into the specific times yeah. but we're just kind of going general right now the budget was very low budget i mean it made sense like jordan peele was not sure didn't wasn't sure if every who was gonna see it who if anyone was gonna want to see it and definitely the times were more relevant now for it. But even then, it was very, like, low budget. I mean, it's his first movie. So the budget was, I saw a 4.5 to 5 million range. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Less than all the Oscar movies we've talked about. Now, keep in mind, too, though, that that's not accounting for a lot of the marketing costs, I know, right? But, but also, then also... But also every movie has that. So I feel like it sure. kind of levels out. The other th- thing I was just going to mention is that what what do you need a budget really for in this movie besides the talent? I know, but it, like any movie, and the I special like effects there there are yeah. there are some special effects. It was a combination, but I saw the special cool. effects are not nowhere near like what the other blockbuster movies make. Some, but you like know. things like Lady Bird and Call Me by Your Name, and well, so, but Lady Bird had like multiple sets. Yeah, this yeah. movie primarily has one set and That's like true. i mean it's got the city spaces too but like we're barely there for the most part the city scenes and we also have the woods which you know you just gotta pay the highway to block off the road for a little yeah. bit actually, but really it just majority takes place in one location yeah actually it was filmed in alabama Oh, do you think that that has anything? Well, for any budget meaning? cuts, it was oh. it was supposed it was last minute in Alabama, but it was supposed to be filmed in L.A. Wow. But I think Alabama makes so much more sense because it's the South and that's the place. Well, yeah, good we'll for Alabama. They're it. getting some they're getting some movie revenue. The setting seemed very fitting for like a Southern related. It was filmed in twenty three days. So I guess that that goes along with what you're saying about it being like mainly just one set. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense. They don't have to go a bunch of places Mm -hmm. to film all these things. I wonder how many days it was rehearsed, though. They never give you that statistic. That's true. Apparently, Daniel Kaluuya, who plays Chris, the main character, he got the role pretty much on the spot at his audition because he did like a critical scene. I don't know which one, but 
where one of the ones he had to cry and the crying was like so on point that jordan peele was like we're good i mean holy moly <laughs> talk about it just it, you know i i pour into into him whenever he mm-hmm. cries it's it's impossible to not empathize with what he's feeling yeah and we'll get into that more when we get into spoiler territory because that's important oh i i said budget but i didn't say box office do you want to guess oh yeah definitely worldwide or u.s um i i you know me i love to do both let's start with the u.s so i think in the u.s that it grossed let me go with oh my god this is i'm hard i'm gonna say 170 million my god you're crazy did you look it up huh no are you sure i swear okay it's 176 Ooh. you're so close dang psychic <laughs> i know my there. u.s yeah i guess so what, what about worldwide mm, well let's go with 360 no no 260 close yeah 255 all right yeah very nice yeah, so that's a pretty good margin. Or <laughs> yeah, what's the difference there between, you know, we're looking at like an almost $90 million difference Well, other territories? The budget was $5 million, box office two fifty five. so... No, 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 I get that. I'm just saying the difference between U.S. box office versus worldwide. Oh, yeah, it doesn't matter, does it? I like to think about it. Oh, I guess. Well, it does matter in the sense that it actually does matter, and I'll tell you why. It matters because, I mean, especially for an independent movie, I mean, Jesus, like an independent movie making $90 million, like a U.S. of, of that like size, like mm-hmm. of that budget, that's pretty incredible yeah. alone. But then just given that m- almost, almost every major blockbuster movie now, they're dependent upon the overseas sales. And often mm-hmm. it's the case where they're more, they outnumber the U.S. sales mm-hmm. uh, for, for certain for like, movies. That's that, more for like superhero movies and stuff. No, like no, that. no, not just superhero movies, but it's just action movies in general. Yeah. And that's the I mean, ones I that, specifically the ones usually, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to put this, but the ones that critically, more critically bomb on the U.S. side. You know, they re- recuperate their costs. Yeah. Just they're not as critically hailed. I'll say that. You know, right. they're looking at films lower about, than like 70%. I don't know if it's so, it's about that. Rock but it's crazy that it has gotten revenue worldwide and people, because it feels very like American, a very, which actually the protagonist, I think he's British, but whatever. <laughs> it feels very like an American times kind of thing because of our current political situation got it i don't think of it much in the worldwide perspective even though i'm glad it it did really well too yeah no i I agree completely i think it's a very much a film about american state of politics yeah definitely even though it's race relations to me it's crazy for it to be written back then our politics are defined by race relations so is there anything else that you would like to cover in the reviews lenny before we uh start digging in few facts I have is that it's the best rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes of 2017. Oh, that's really cool. Out of all the movies we had last year. That's really cool. Yeah. Wait, what's, what is it rated? 99. 99? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty cool. I give it a 100. We don't, we're not at the grades part. Oh. <laughs> it's Okay. So Jordan Peele apparently this this movie inspired a class a class about black horror movies. It 
said at UCLA, but then it said not affiliated with UCLA. So maybe just on the campus. I don't know. Maybe it was a seminar. Yeah, something like that. It was called like the sunken place. And apparently Jordan Peele, like surprise popped up in the Mm. back row and answered a question. And it was dramatic and cool. That's really interesting. I mean, hmm, yeah, and that just goes into the fact that we should maybe watch more horror movies. But I don't no, know. Zeleny no, no, is no. kind of scared of them. No, no, no. They. I wonder why. They should make better horror movies. That's the the thing. Because Get Out really, I think, Get Out really changed the horror movie perspective. I think. I mean, there's very few movies that have made it to the Oscars at all in the history like i saw maybe like five in the research five or six one is like six cents and i wonder if well there's an influential horror movie so i've been taking this course and in world cinema history and you know it was really the germans in a lot of respects that pioneered the horror genre but the movie that i'm specifically thinking about that was this legacy movie we had to watch was filmed i think in 1921 that's too long ago. Mm-hmm. It's pretty long ago. Yeah. <laughs> no, these were kind of recent. I don't remember the other ones, but I remember Sixth Sense being there. But there's literally like five that have made it at all in the conversation. Is the Sixth Sense a horror movie? I don't know. See, that's the thing about like good, critically acclaimed it's horror movies. It's a drama. Movies. Well, is it though? Like, I, what is good horror then if these like get out and... Well, I think it begs sense. the di- you know question, what's the difference between horror and drama. paranormal? Well, no, paranormal counts as horror. It does. I think. Yeah. But what's the difference between horror and drama sometimes? Because mm-hmm. to me, Get Out is pretty much a drama. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's like... I guess drama is just like that. Like, and so is Sixth Sense. Deep, it's more of a broad category yeah. that covers... But, I mean, well, the thing about Get Out was that was controversial was that the Golden Globes was nominated in best comedy or musical rather than best drama yeah what what was that about yeah, i don't know comedy or musical right and that who do these people think they are jordan peele had the iconic response tweet that was like get out is a documentary <laughs> oh so, my god <laughs> yeah it was just stupid like it made no sense just because it had like a little bit of comedic relief like they they put it in that box and it's just stupid because this is like a very serious topic yeah first off what is musical about it well or nothing uh now what is comedic about it like two minutes total moments little little bits yeah like there's one comedic relief character but he's supporting and he's not in the area where everyone else is so <laughs> it's it's not a comedy it's, anyway, what's a, the other best picture category is it drama yeah which makes way more sense it makes way more sense yeah it's it's forgotten about that controversy now that it was it, nominated for best picture like that's what matters yeah and also it won best picture don't discriminate at the oscars <laughs> no <laughs> well and, i mean and that cameron was shouting the whole time at the screen that this is best picture and he said fuck shape of water this is best picture multiple times did i say that (laughs) i don't know if i said exactly those i don't remember the words shape or water being in that phrase it was more like i remember like (laughs) f f that other winner Mm, the other (laughs) 
no implications here. Sure. No, it's okay. I mean, I'm I'm glad that you. I just so is this is the thing is I was actually, uh, I was pretty dang sold on Shape of Water winning. Mm-hmm. I saw three billboards and I went, okay, this has potential, but I feel like as a whole, more likely it's going to be the Shape of Water, mm-hmm. especially given the nomination amount of nominations it had received. Then we started watching the pre-show on mm-hmm. E when we were watching that. The commentary that the hosts had as, you know, as much substance as one can imagine that those comments might have. Uh, One comment I really picked up on was the idea that the big surprise tonight, the big um, uh, upset, I guess you could say, Mm -hmm. would be Get Out taking Best Picture. Yeah. And then I started to think a little bit more about it. And I don't know, I felt like I had just kind of come around a little bit more to the times and realizing what the Oscars was all about. Uh, I feel like at this point in history, and then it made me think, you know, I think Get Out could get it. Mm-hmm. I think very much it could get it. I think at this point it deserves to get it. Yeah. It got the original screenplay, but yeah, I was shouting at the screen when I learned Shape of Water got it. And now after having just rewatched Get Out this afternoon, I am even more gung-ho on that train. Well, because it won the Independent Spirit Award and that has predicted the best picture winner for the past four years, I think. Oh, well, what is that? That's why E was saying that. Who does the Independent Spirit Award? I'm not sure, but I think that's the one place. That's where all the ones I had predicted for the Oscars winners, that they all happened at the Independent Spirit Awards. Like Lady Bird winning Best Screenplay, maybe. Get Out Best Picture. And Del Toro Best Director. So Lady Bird didn't win any Mm-mm. awards. Mm. I know. Justice for... Lady Hashtag Bird. justice for Lady Bird. Yeah, I, I had thought it would win Best Original Screenplay, but I do see why Get Out won, and I agree it deserved it because, it, like, Best Original Screenplay is kind of like... Lady Bird had really good dialogue, but it was also not, like, a unique plot necessarily, whereas Get Out was super different and, like, breaking the genre quite a bit, so... I think Lady Bird was cute. Like, it's good to... It's easy to love it um or at least well but it was dialogue driven and that's where the screenplay stood out this movie was all about action Mm -hmm. like that's something i was noticing you know they teach us that in our screenplay writing class our screenwriting class is that you want to write action and action will always be you always trump any dialogue so Mm -hmm. we want characters that take action because that should be what drives the plot so and i think this movie i think it's all about action and it builds an entire like motivation an entire world a system uh, for this uh, family that he is going to go visit, Chris. Yeah. It's a great screenplay and it's just very unique, which is what good stories are made of. It's true. So it makes sense it won best screenplay. If it's not going to win best picture, then for sure that too. Hashtag justice for Ladyburg. If you yeah. agree, tweet us. <laughs> oh God, I'm so bad at this. <laughs> So should I always should I always say our name after I say tweet us? Yes. Okay. Tweet us at Heike Book Club. Yeah, good job. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. We wanna we wanna talk to you. We want to hear from you. Um this is an interactive experience that we've uh designed for you all. Uh-huh. I I'll end the non spoiler part with the that Jordan Peele in one of the things I was reading said he was inspired by an Eddie Murphy bit about how white people in horror movies never leave 
the the house like whatever the haunted house is or like eddie murphy had said that yeah it was like one of his bits on his in his stand-up about how if it was him he was like he'd be get getting out getting out as as soon as possible like as soon as and and that's kind of where that came from he's just saying people in horror movies which by default is white people because that's who (laughs) i mean there are some black characters in horror movies especially the more recent ones well yeah but not not in eddie murphy's time back then right and he he was just saying they never leave even though crazy demon shit's happening i want to hear eddie murphy's comments on this movie you know he was supposed to play chris at first at the very first that's funny but i think he's just maybe if it was like 20 years ago then right right that's what ended up happening he was too old (laughs) but that's you know that's the whole that's funny because another thing they teach us in screening class just like a common technique used is that often a screenwriter if they already have an actor in mind to play the part they will write the part for them even if they don't end up getting casting it casted it helps for the screenwriter to visualize with that actor in mind Mm -hmm. and we saw that with shape of water a lot Mm -hmm. sure thing yeah but yeah it's just weird to think of eddie murphy in that role but no daniel did a really good job and we need to move on to what are we going to move on to we're going to move on to spoiler land yeah that's the intermission music oh okay yeah okay so spoiler time don't listen if you haven't watched it but you should watch it for sure okay there's a lot with this movie this movie is one of those that has like a million like little things to find a million little things sort of like a taylor swift music video but not annoying (laughs) (laughs) okay you know how taylor swift puts like a million like little things in her music like easter eggs oh this movie i mean i don't i'm a bad taylor swift fan because i haven't seen many of her music videos like i can't see you going and analyzing your videos yeah this one has like so many little things so we definitely won't get to all of them because there's like a million so there's a lot of you noticed that this time uh the the paper trail thing when they get stopped by the cop at first it seems like she's standing up for him and the cop being racist Right. So this is a critical opening scene for me when um, I so it's something I just I couldn't have picked up on until later on, because when I first watched this movie in first viewing, I was convinced I was totally convinced and sold on her being a good person. Yeah, I think this movie really like the first time you see it really surprises you. Yeah. Builds her up as a hero that, you know, if anybody's going to save him, Mm -hmm. it's her. And then this is cutting major into spoiler land Mm -hmm. but then all of a sudden the red box we like i feel like once we see the red box we're just like like we think she's on his side all the way up until that bedroom Mm -hmm. and then she goes down to i guess try to find the keys and fake find the keys. oh my gosh yeah and then he he closes the door and she's right there oh it's so horrible then you just know he can't get out oh it's, it's scary it's scary. It's scary in a way that's like too real and not cheesy. And this is true horror because it's like people's real fears. <laughs> Which Jordan Peele's real fears. Yeah. Well, I, actually, his wife is white. And I think that's like hilarious. And no one talks about it in any of the research, anything I see. But it's like, that's funny. 
you have mean, to pardon my lack of laughter at the moment. I'm yeah. sorry. I don't. I, it's not a joke. I just think it's it's weird. <laughs> it it in the instance with the cop, she's really doesn't want the cop to see his license or get any paper trail of him being in the area or anything because he's gonna go missing. Yeah, and they get. I, it it's just so clever how she tells like she tries to play yeah. it off as though he is the cop is being racist and that plays into our expectations of what we would think too i guess yeah and so like racial profiling mm -hmm. and um which i feel like in this movie is basically the only time we get any hint of that type of activity in regards to racial pro racial profiling Not really well the questions they ask like at the party i know they're all for like, right but it's not but like by a, i'm saying cl to clarify from law enforcement like law oh, enforcement yeah. uh profiling yeah well until the end well the alternate end exactly not the real end exactly the alternate end. exactly but i see so i mean i think that goes into it like and then you know if we wanted to cut to the alternate ending right now mm -hmm. but just thinking about how that ending was for a different message and the ending that we got had had yeah, a certain yeah. message Right. Well, the alternate ending is very different. Because that's not what the movie is about, I don't think. I don't think the movie is about racial profiling. No, no, no. It's not about that. It is about racism. The The second ending is a lot more leaning towards that and negative mm -hmm. and not optimistic. But it's really nice. Injustice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This one is more... This ending is justice. Yeah. The real one, it, It's. I love it. I, I love it. I love that... His name is Lilrel Howry, is Rod, the the friend. I mean, it's it's awesome that he gets to save the day because he's such a lovable character and we see how he struggles and no one believes him. And he's the only one that really catches on the whole time that this is bad. I wonder <laughs> really who bad. came up with the ending, if it was Peel or it was um, a staff writer, like no. some other... I think it was Peel. He said apparently the alternate one was originally the ending, but he didn't like that it was a downer in right. the end. Right. I'm glad he chose or whoever they chose the one they did because I mean it's already it's so good it fits and I'm so glad that Rod, Rod is it his name Rod or is it is it Rod Rod the friend yeah mm -hmm. Rod comes in and saves the day he's yeah he's great I love him so much in this movie he's the he's the knight right in shining yeah. armor <laughs> like That's he's him. really the guy that saves the day and he's a comedic relief in mm -hmm. a movie where it's scary well, <laughs> and it's so cool how they bring him up you know I really liked how I was thinking about this this is before they get pulled over or mm -hmm. I'm sorry they don't get pulled over it's before they hit the the deer just jumps out in front of them which we should talk about what we will. like that, <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that can be next. um but the way that they introduce this supporting character Chris's best friend is by their during their drive you know they mm -hmm. just started driving towards the house they just left the uh their home back in the city which city is it by the way i don't know we missed that maybe it's not important no it's not so they have you know their apartment back in the city and then him and his girlfriend go out to their parents house so on the drive uh they he just he interrupts their just like you know kind of small talk conversation to give his friend rod a mm -hmm. call and rod is i guess like on his break at work or something TSA. yeah so he works for tsa transportation <laughs> <The> TSA. yeah <laughs> uh, you know just in case 
but um i mean it's cool that he's in that position of authority like you know yeah. and he 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 like uses it with such i guess like he, he feels like he has so much authority because he's a tsa guy but yeah. you know i mean at least he has something that to help mm-hmm. him actually help that's what i thought was ironic you know so it's so important that they set him up as a tsa like yeah. employee though because it's what justifies his ability to have that tsa car at the very end yeah you know come by and swoop yeah, up because you really think he's about to get arrested he puts yeah. his hands up i mean he knows how this goes and we know how this goes. And they have a shot of even the girl. I can't remember the girlfriend's name now. Yeah. But Rose. like Rose. Yeah, like reaching out. Help. Yeah. Help me. I think that's so. I think everyone the first time you see it thinks, no, he's going to jail. Which oh, yeah. Which is the alternate ending. But, but man, they, get, they pull us all the way up into this yeah. very end moment. It's great. I mean, that relief is so great. So I'm glad they did that. It's, yeah. Because the downer is just kind of like downhill, downhill, just sad right but this one it's like you get downhill downhill and almost and then it's like wave of relief it's your favorite character of the whole movie absolutely (laughs) like this is how i wanted it to end yeah exactly you know and then we just see rose looking you know she just dies there in the street everyone so does she die i've seen this movie five times or so and i have never seen the ending because i'm too scared of the violence what movie? Get out. You've seen the movie five times? Yeah. Oh, but you've never seen the ending? Yeah. Oh my gosh, you really you look away? Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is like me in Shape of Water. I never noticed that you look away. <laughs> I'm like this the whole time. Like, well, I put my hand over my head. Oh, so Lenny, you gotta treat yourself to some cinema magic. No, I'm it's scared. all fake. I don't see stabbing. Oh my gosh, it's not real. Okay, so everyone dies, right? Everyone in the family? I'm trying to because I don't know who dies. The dad, the brother, the grandparents? Technically, yes, I guess. I mean, we never, like, get, I guess, bona fide confirmations. I saw on IMDb that it said the body count was seven. So that's everyone, right? Yeah, I mean, basically everybody in the family dies. Yes. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> Let's yeah. go through them. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. I mean, I would they be do. down. Yeah. Jeremy died. Well, so, yeah, he, the brother? Is yeah. that the brother? <laughs> Jeremy. So, He's right. So he He ends up dying in the fight with uh chris if i remember yeah, right because he, he comes leg. back right oh well at first like you know he knocks him out so so uh-huh, jeremy yeah, yeah. is trying to wheelchair him out and then chris yeah. is able to knock him out and then he knocks him out again for good and what i loved about that second one i noticed is just a little sound editing thing but they didn't want to show us the gruesomeness so this mm-hmm. is what i like about the movie is that it's actually it does a great job of say staying on gore you know really? like well, yeah. you should tell me that before I close my eyes the whole time. Oh. Because I hear the sounds and I think, exactly. oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my. So you just don't even. I didn't know. I I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Well, so. Okay, this is good because I'm able to shed a little bit of light here. Yeah. But I think that the movie does a very effective job as a horror because that's not the focus on screen. Yeah. We hear the sound effects of these things happening, but it's more about looking at the person who's doing them. And so especially in this instance where oh. Jeremy is getting kicked in the face all we hear all we see on screen is i i I think it's like it goes back and forth between chris's close-up facials of him kicking and then also a shot from around the staircase where there you can see him kicking the body laying behind the wall but we don't see him actually kicking in the face and we just hear the sound effects 
and then we hear a clinching sound effect where it's that last one that mm-hmm. final blow and so i just thought if it was really cool as a sound effect because i know in my head in every movie or tv show we've ever seen it's always that last clinching like sound effect that Gross yeah, it <laughs> indicates that it's like the killing blow. Yeah. Let's get into all the deer parallels in this movie. Deer oh, are yeah. used a lot. So the deer jumps out into the car. It looked like it was flying. Like it's Santa's. <laughs> one of Santa's deers just flies out of the sky. That's what I. That's my theory and I'm oh, going okay. with it. it has, the special <laughs> effects can't be perfect. Santa Claus was getting out of town. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so the first time we have a deer... Oh, it was low budget, so they couldn't... (laughs) Yeah, the special effects can't be perfect. Yeah, so that's the first time we see a deer, and they run it over, and that tells a lot of things. I've seen a lot of analyses of this scene. Really? Well, not analyses, but it's always the same thing, that it shows how he has empathy but she doesn't or sympathy for it and that's our first hint that she's not genuine maybe yeah and also that's interesting i hadn't thought about that yeah and then later we find out that it's kind of triggering for chris because it's how his mother passed away when he was very young she was hit by a car yeah that explains a whole lot damn this movie is incredible it's like every everything matters like every shot and Mm -hmm. frame like that's okay yeah just on a general note i want to say i love this movie because every shot counts it it matters and it's there for a reason yeah and and in every movie that's that's good quality that's the case but in this one literally there's so many little things little details the more times you see it the more things you find and yeah so it's related to his mother and then it's also we get the first comments of the dad saying how deer need to die and they're overpopulating and all these things that's supposed to be a metaphor for his racism how he views black people Mm. so there's that and then it turns out in that the room where they do their bullshit in the basement there's like that big deer head it's like well it's it's the room where he is clasped down to the chair and he's forced to look at it it's right in front of him like he's Mm -hmm. face to face with this deer and i feel like it's like he's face to face with not only his fear right from his mother dying Mm -hmm. um that he has to address straight on but i also think it's like dealing with like oppression thinking about how deer uh were also used in the metaphor as like this population that just needs to be wiped off and dealing with like just like how they both are you know him being as a black person and that deer being like that for the family but they're you know they're seen like something to be hunted yeah yeah prey it's awful but then it's a a nice kind of justice moment where that he uses yeah yeah so it's a a great full circle sort of like impaling you with the this creature you hate it's great that's incredible (laughs) yeah so, yeah, we have the deer parallels and the mother and I mean, yeah, I guess that's it with the deer. I'm trying to think. There's no other deer moments. No, with this movie, it's so hard. <laughs> There's so many things. It also goes into how it's kind of a Black Lives Matter kind of message and depicting how society 
says black lives don't matter and that's the importance of black lives matter but how basically like these white people are using black people for these various reasons they describe but they don't outwardly say that on top of like black is in fashion or black people make good athletes or whatever it's also about how they're okay with taking a black life because society probably won't give it as give a black life missing as much attention as if maybe like if a young white girl went missing and became someone's grandma on some in some suburb oh man that's awful to think about i know but i think that's part of the message you know it would be a way bigger deal and they'd probably find her and you know I think that's a, a message that's a little more like I'm just less under. familiar with that like level of I guess oh my gosh this is hard yeah I mean like, I don't know how to talk right right about it right it's and always it's okay. been difficult for I mean me. it's a check your privilege type of movie for sure just a little side note well mm-hmm. okay nothing personal I could go into like a really personal deal here but it's I mean a, if you want to if it's if it's like a story i just mean you not i mean it's just like one of those things where because at one point i was guilty of trying to claim that there was no such thing as racism anymore Mm. um i this was i guess like in 2011 ish or so Mm. it was like a couple years after high school and i was having a conversation with i think like a senior in college you know somebody Mm. who was about to graduate and we started having conversations about this and uh i guess I don't know how it had come up. Maybe we were talking about a movie or something. I don't know. But anyway, I had just made the basic comment that, oh, well, okay, maybe I know where it came up from. I'm not going to go that deep into it. But basically, I just thought that, you know, people aren't, people don't look at race. I made the claim that, Mm -hmm. like, people don't look at race today in American society. I was like, or at least, like, from what I know, like, I feel like it's not as big of a deal as this person was trying to say it was and she was like it totally is a deal and then she told me about the term white privilege and i had not heard of it prior to that and so i tried to deny it at first and i was like that just sounds wild there's no such thing and then but this was before i started getting a college education right. and then as soon as i like went into college it was like the whole thing to discuss yeah. or just came up so commonly and it was almost like this known understanding of racial i guess theory or you know racial race relations and how to be critical thinkers about it right yeah i think it's a mix of in college i think you get that education more and then also our political climate has brought the conversation a lot more to the forefront and seeing the political climate really revealed all of the hidden racism in America and then brought it to the surface. So there's a fight against it. And through that, I've learned a lot just in the past year. And I think it's becoming more exposed, which is great. And we get movies like Get Out and stuff like that, that sort of teaches us to think about these things that we would never think about before or a few years ago, even, or as young kids in high school. I don't know. It's, it's hard to know those things, but it's good that we're learning. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. So this this movie, I think, really opens the conversation. You yelled at some point, I'm uncomfortable in it. And I was like, that's the point. <laughs> it's an uncomfortable movie. <laughs> it really is. Um, I, I love watching it, but it's uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, it's how it is. It's is that horror, though? 
Yes. I mean, because it's what real people are scared of. Like, this is like a horror movie for, I mean, Jordan Peele has sort of described it as like the horror movie for a black person. Mm -hmm. Just because it's like something, the, the thing you hear most, maybe. So, I mean, maybe this is an opportunity to go into the, was it called the Karuva method coagula method (laughs) yeah i i mean gosh that's just out of this world and you know i feel like is it and it's not something like in lost i there are certain like lost themes though that it's (laughs) it's in my notes it's in my notes you're not crazy so jordan peele has said that the tapes really yes the tapes at the end weren't originally gonna happen it was gonna be like this song he wanted to play in the basement but he didn't end up having the budget to buy the song so it ended up being these tapes and he said it reminded him of the dharma initiative lost in lost tapes oh my god if you watch lost yeah you'll get it but if you don't don't worry about it <laughs> it yeah it's dharma my gosh <laughs> you know it's 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 crazy and that's totally the vibe that it pulls mm-hmm. off so wait the you're talking about the videotapes when they're playing the or well, the music no the videotapes okay, in the basement it. where they explain the yeah, coagula the, yeah like that is just ooh, yeah that's had a vibe to it yeah i mean the method of trying to replace one's brain into mm-hmm. a body of another person it was so strange you know that so that was like their argument was that a sci-fi moment yeah they were trying to blend i guess what they claim to be one race's intelligence right. with the physical strength uh mm-hmm. and power of another race you yeah know? and of course they tried to uh, the character at the end who was trying to make the exchange you know, put his intelligent brain into the body of the other person. He was trying to make the claim, oh, I just want your eye. Right. But I was like, no, like, there's like so much more to it too. Yeah. I mean, you're, you know, sorry for my French, but a flat blob, fat blob. Oh my that, God. <laughs> I mean, he was, that <laughs> yeah, was blind. He was, but uh, yeah, whatever. He's evil, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, it, yeah, there's just so many. And just treating black bodies is just kind of disposable commodity yeah it's like you know and there were supposed to be these vessels for the i guess brains and souls of the receiving brain piece it's like yeah and then the other person that was dying so like they you know because that was something that we didn't realize until the more towards the end was that the other caretakers so i guess like that was my i was so confused at first about Mm -hmm. i didn't catch on to the fact that the other two caretakers on the Mm grounds the woman and the black woman and the black man and walter yeah the georgina and walter i did not realize that those were the grandmother and grandfather Mm -hmm. of the his girlfriend yeah um in those young bodies and it's like oh oh my gosh yeah it one it explains what their dialect right and why they talk and behave that way and believe those things i mean they don't know what snitches i told right (laughs) (laughs) i told (laughs) um i totally thought that they were just these subdued 
versions mm-hmm. of the original person mm-hmm. but no, no it's like a whole new person and that's why that the other guy was with the old lady right and he had his moment of freak out with the flash oh another thing was about how there's symbolism in the the part that breaks him and exposes the you know the the flash of the phone it's kind of a nod to how phones and that has spread awareness about police violence police brutality oh it's that's a small thing but i did see is it. that verified by jordan i don't remember okay <laughs> I, I don't know but it's, it's a good little connection yeah i agree i mean it does expose that something is really off he like glitches but i thought that that was one of the things that i mean it makes sense right it totally makes sense that a bright light would be what triggers it but at the same time i mean i guess it doesn't matter we just need to know that it does do that key that's so key it's an important piece that they had to think of they had to develop a way to like just think of a, what Expose, what's a device that, that. Uh-huh. yeah he could use to like wake them up out of the spell and it ends up being the only power he ends up having mm-hmm. while he's there uh trapped in the house yeah and, I mean, saves and, him that, and that brings us to i guess the sunken place and how this is verified by jordan peele that it really is a metaphor for being marginalized and feeling that kind of you know uh, just that you can't do anything about it it it's like being silenced the sunken place was definitely inspired by that helplessness of maybe being being oppressed in a lot of situations man the sunken place is a is a really trippy Mm -hmm. concept you telling me that now just makes me you know feel all sorts of things yeah and the first time he wrote it apparently he said he, he cried and he was in a very vulnerable place it's hard and you know i really was i was telling zeleni when we were re-watching it just now i think that that part in the movie is so iconic that yeah. it and it really to me is like that's a cinema signature mm-hmm. you know it's one i think it's one of those images that's really just going to go down in cinema history mm-hmm. as being a really important one of him falling and yeah. just shouting and up you at the top. Mm-hmm. which i thought was hilarious and and great you compared it to jordan peele losing the best picture (laughs) that's what he was like a symbol of jordan peele seeing del toro and (laughs) in the screen (laughs) winning (laughs) i mean he did me as a metaphor so that counts Jordan Peele getting snubbed according to Cameron. Oh my gosh! <laughs> if I mean, I want to. I, I. It feels seems like that's got to be out there on Reddit somewhere. But I'm sure everything is. Yeah, but if even if it's not just like about the Oscars, I feel like it should just be used as a general gif <laughs> for <laughs> for anything that's like just out of reach. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you had a a note that you made me write was. It's one convenience yeah the charge coincidence. <laughs> the coincidence yeah so which i didn't see because i closed my eyes oh <laughs> <laughs> well so it's, there's some gross what, spots please in tell there. me what happens um so another little screenwriting tip i'm just man this is this is rich you know i really yeah, I mean, should this be best original screenplay so that's that's a good thing to focus on so well i mean yeah so they tell us that in our screenplays that we're only allowed one coincidence 
everything should be action driven that makes sense that's practical right that serves the plot mm -hmm. you can only have one accident one just like coincidence thing that is used to advance the plot mm -hmm. uh, if you have anything more than that then it's you know getting on the borderline hokey and cheesy yeah exactly we or can't believe it yeah. right yeah and so in my opinion the one coincidence that they use in this movie is the candle randomly being on a i, I mean i'd have to go back to rewatch the shot to see exactly what it is but it basically looks like a light like a short like a tall giant light candle holder that is right there next to the medical bed that they're about to do this surgical operation on and in the middle of the fight between uh his girlfriend's father and him dean. uh dean the and dean and chris you know they fall over and when they fall over or I, oh no, no no sorry it's after he's already stabbed him with the uh -huh. antlers and then dean is crawling back towards the i guess he was gonna try to wake up the guy in the surgical bed uh -huh. uh, but he goes over there he's crawling on the ground or like when he falls over onto the ground is when he knocks over this giant candle holder that where uh -huh. there's just like candle is just happens to fall right onto the bed sheets of <laughs> the person in the operation chair which causes the house to start burning down wait so the blind guy dies burned i mean that's what we have to assume right right Huh. One of my th and I feel so. I this don't know is how everyone dies. <laughs> well, so this is what I now I messed up on this though. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm mistaken, but I don't think I am. But I had always thought that the person who comes back to uh, try to stop him before he goes out the door, before Chris goes out the door, mm -hmm. was the person on the surgical bed about to do the operation. The the know. the fat art gallery owner guy. It's not the the Walter, the grandfather. No, it's the brother that stops him from. I just don't know. I haven't seen it. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's his brother. No, grandfather is at the end. Oh. Okay. Walter is the one who charges at him to tackle him, oh, uh -huh. and then remember he pulls out his phone last minute to shine a light oh, to, and yeah. then that wakes him up and then he shoots his girlfriend yeah. he shoots chris's girlfriend before shooting himself in the chin that's grandpa oh, right. and we know that because when he starts charging mm -hmm. she says get him grandpa You're right 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 yeah yeah and this is another little thing how the grandfather back in his day lost his Olympic spot to the first black man. I totally didn't catch that. <laughs> That's another great detail. Yeah. The wonder he's out there practicing yeah. running. Mm -hmm. Oh, sh so that wasn't, I, you know, that was a mystery to me. That was still <laughs> something that I was like, okay, they just throw it in there that he was uh -huh. just randomly running. Right. But nope, it's because he almost made it to the Olympics with Hitler or something. But a black man did it and it was a big iconic moment. And the, the dad pretends that it's like, oh, that was awesome that a black man ran in front of Hitler and was so good at whatever. And but he's lying. And, and we also from him, we get the iconic. I would have voted for Obama a third time, which is like an iconic line now and a meme. Like, Do you think that they put that line in there, that bit in there when they were getting closer to the election season during production? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but it's a good one because there's it's very relevant. Right, like it, it, it's time stamps the movie. Yeah, it became it just became a meme because just for any time like someone does might be like subtly racist or or like this fake white liberal type and there was one meme that was like it showed him it, it that the dad but it also <laughs> it it was like i would have seen black panther 
Black Panther three times on opening day if I could. <laughs> what? Really? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's a good one. Oh, the other thing, which is a f- this watch was the first time I noticed this. The reason the whole family and everyone's so on him about smoking and mad at him is because they're selling his body, not because they care about his health. Damn. That's so smart. I was like, because they're so annoying. Like, they keep bugging him about smoking, and she does too, and I'm like, oh, wait. That makes him less valuable, probably. (laughs) So many things. That's true. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I hadn't really noticed that before. Do you think that there's anything significant about him being a photographer? Besides the point of that the art gallery owner yeah, I wants think that his might eye have been the main point i mean it i guess it brings us to like the thing the last one of the last things I like is he to... a truth seeker is he a truth teller because well maybe i mean i think that's kind of open for interpretation but just having a protagonist that's kind of like a black man and he's sensitive and human you know it's like so that's what i had actually first thought is that it's portraying the black man as you know also an artist right right and that's so rare in movies Mm -hmm. and me when congratulating that feels like bare minimum like as if everyone should really do that but really in movies we don't get characters like this that are minority the marginalized yeah people like everyone's token being depicted as in a lot of things mm-hmm. right and and this obviously because it's written by a black man and based on his own experiences and perspective we just get a human character where anyone relates to it like i relate to him you relate to him like everyone relates to him because he's very human he's just like a really nice guy that's in this really creepy situation and you're just scared. That's what happens when like minorities can write minority characters. It's that you just get human characters that are relatable rather than just like one dimensional. Like same thing with women for women characters. So the moral of the story is inclusion writer. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But just that it's as important it's not just important for minority characters to be written into things and the actors playing them but it's important for the person writing and directing to understand that too and to yeah i mean to be represented for in the writer's room because that's what makes these characters that are so human and relatable well so you know something that i i mean you weren't so hot about it when i had mentioned it on the text message but i said that we should watch do the right thing Mm. by spike lee it's one of the few i saw that was nominated for oscars it's great and it's you know spike lee is black he's from brooklyn i know i know who spike lee is i didn't know for the longest time well so zeleni do you have anything else on the books for us no no well we are great we can get out of your hair if you're <laughs> we can get out of your hair our grade oh Real quick. if you care <laughs> i kind of spoiled mine already yeah, sorry I'm, I'm a spoiler guy <laughs> he really i gotta is. spoil one thing or another <laughs> yeah a plus all right <laughs> i uh scary though maybe a because i i can't watch the end because i'm scared of violence but maybe i'll watch it now that cameron described it a little better it's, it's yeah hard. it's not as gruesome as one might think it's not it's just not the slasher okay. gore like i think that horror genre wants you to ex- mm-hmm. expect which goes more just into the taste and class of this level of movie right. so very classy mm-hmm. so um it had an elegance to it 
Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't really get much into the cinematography of it all, but we did say that every shot is perfect. I, it, it just means something. It has right. mean, meaning. And, it has details. But just, yeah, I want to definitely take a note to say how I felt like all of the shots were excellent. They really did a good job. For best cinematography. I agree. It actually had really good cinematography. Yeah. Yep. All in all, a great flick and definitely on my end, an A+. Plus. Yay. Yes, ma'am. Cool. Well, you know it, y'all. Thanks so much for listening. We're probably going to go back to some oldies now that we've done. Wow. Not old, old, but just. Well, well, yeah. I'm I'm curious. If you have any suggestions, we remain open to ideas. So please tweet us at Heike Book Club. Yeah. And subscribe to our YouTube where we'll post videos sometimes, maybe. Yeah. There's a lot to look forward to. We're just coming up to spring. Springtime is the best time of the year. So, and we're coming, and this is, well, this is spring break. So we hope that you're enjoying your spring break now, wherever you are. If you're in Cancun, oh my God. (laughs) Miami, woo. (laughs) I don't know, all the way from Houston to Tokyo. (laughs) If you work like me, I hope you enjoy your work time while the kids are on spring break. Shout out to all of the workers. Yeah, (laughs) the workers. (laughs) (laughs)